Boom, coming in hot, Chichi. How we doing, brother? We're doing great, man. This is how the sausage is made. We just made a little sausage. Had to throw a piece out. Now we're restarting here, with my Here boy. we go. Yeah. The sausage better, is better made like this, brother. This guy today, <laughs> dude, 33rd team with you. One of the best podcasts out there. These guys with Benedict Polizzi. Guy's an absolute stud. Uh, super social media superstar. First off, comedian, horse owner, Indy car racing expert because he's right. from Indianapolis. <laughs> We're going to ask him that because that makes total sense. Master impressionist, one of the most popular humans right now on the internet. And I could probably go on all day long, but let's just bring him in because he's outside a baby store right now. Joey Molinaro. What's up, brother? Thanks for joining us. Well, so good to be here. I'm glad that we got that sorted out. <laughs> I, I would, you know, I, I would have let it fly on a whole lot of other stuff, but that is a very, uh, I will teach you guys, hopefully, that is a very, very crucial thing in the world right now, racing the IndyCar F1 battle, oh, so I had to make okay. sure everybody knows where I lie. Excellent. And, uh, Dude, yeah. I love that, because we, we, we were bringing you in, and we're like, F1 expert, you're like, dope! Stop the presses. That is IndyCar. What is the dude for, for Chinch and I who are just have no idea about because we're not huge car racing car experts. Obviously, sure. you're from Indianapolis, so that's a humongous deal from birth. Get, tell us what's the difference between the F1 and the Indy and what's the battle going on? Right. So, I mean, I, I see where you could get a little slipped up there just because they're both open wheel, right? So they're right. not stock car. So they're both got the wheels open. Um, the cars look, you know, kind of to the naked eye, to the casual viewer, they look fairly similar, um, enough to where you can get it confused. Uh, but F F1 is, is the world championship, right? They, they race around the world. Uh, IndyCar is mostly based in the United States against an open wheel racing mm. series, professional racing series, fastest race cars in the world going 234 plus. Um, and it's home to the greatest spectacle in racing, the best race in the world, the Indianapolis 500, which we just ran this past weekend. Um, and I'm still coming down off my high from it, honestly. Nice. So um, those are the main things right there. And F1 likes to infringe on uh, IndyCar's um, copyright that, that uh -huh. we have of the greatest spectacle in racing. <laughs> and uh, they try to call themselves that in a bunch of various ways. Um, but it, that's not true. It's ours. And IndyCar racing is better. And formerly one's a bunch of glitz and glamour <laughs> and nonsense. <laughs> I love it. Way to Dude, clear that up. Have you been in the pit? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. tell dude, tell us about the pit. Like, cause I know you, you look down at those pits, you're like, 17 dudes come out like red ants or like bam, the car's off in three seconds. Like, what is it like in the pit? Like, why why is that such a spectacle? Yeah, I I I, I like it to almost like a bullpen and like late inning situations, <laughs> but the bases are always loaded and you're always coming in with, you know, two outs and a full count. I mean, the pressure's on in the pits, man. Like you, like you mentioned, everybody's going out there, and yeah, I mean, you get one shot at it. You know, I mean, they, they pit multiple times, but like, if you keep them for longer than like seven seconds, eight seconds, you're kind of effing up. And so, uh, it's very intense. And you'd be surprised. There's a lot of like former, you know, Division One um, football players, a lot of former NFL players and stuff who make their way over to be a part of pit crews. Uh, because you got to lug tires and throw them around and, and, yeah. and you know, you got to be athletic. And so, uh, it's a good way to stay a part of a team. Um, but it's intense, man. It's, you got to see it in person. You got to see all this stuff in person yeah. I'll tell you right now. Dude, I have to. I've had a couple connections over the years. You know, you get those connects like, hey, you want to come down to Indy 500? You want to come down to be in the pit? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've never done it. And I, now talking to you, I'm like, I got to make that happen because it does look incredible. 
over 330,000 people all in the same place <laughs> on the same day. Uh, you got multiple flyovers. You got celebrities out there. You got, and then like you said, you got 33 rocket ships going 230 plus. Uh, whizzing right past you, and wow. uh, it's just insane, man. It's the best. What's a more yeah. intense party, that or like the Derby or the Preakness? Like, which one's bigger? Right. So I've been very lucky now with with America's Best Racing. The past two years, I've been able to the beginning of the month, the uh, Derby weekend. I'll be down at uh, Churchill for Oaks and Derby, and then obviously I end my month in Indianapolis for the Greatest Spectacle. And I get that question a lot the past two years of okay. You know, both 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 a, a style of racing, both a big huge event. Um, similarities and differences. I'd say you know, right off the bat, Indy 500 is about three times, four times the size of the Derby, right? I mean, like I said, it's 330,000 people in the same place in one day. It's the yeah. largest sporting event, single day sporting event in the world. There, it, it becomes like the second biggest city in the United and in, in the in, in in Indiana on that day. Huh. Um, so you have that front, right? But then, like, at the Derby, you know, I'd say it's just the more dressed-up, like, less white trash version, you know? Yeah. Like, you, you start the month at the Derby at Churchill, and you're getting all hobnob dressed up, right? And you're having your juleps and smoking <laughs> your cigars. And then you end it in Indy, and you're wearing jorts and a cutoff shirt and American <laughs> flag bandana, yeah. and you're drinking nothing but Miller Lights and Bush Lights. Like, uh, it, it's a very, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. That too. makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, so good. This is so good. What about you, man? Like, this whole thing starting up, you know, I'm like looking at all your stuff, you have such great stuff, you know, the impressions that you do, but all your content you have. And Chinch and I are always talking, like, we need to talk to Joey about how to grow our, grow our, uh, you know, our business because yeah. uh, we're, we're way behind but dude can you talk about you know you first getting into this business of the of your nick saban impression and like how that kind of got you started and now all of a sudden you got a you got a whole empire rolling right now yeah man yeah i just i i always wanted to i always wanted to make people laugh i always wanted to be in the entertainment field but growing up in indianapolis you know besides like david letterman being just like a one-off who just somehow made it that, it just doesn't happen around here. You know, like it's not, you know, um, you know, when I went to high school, it was like, okay, you're either going to be a teacher, you're going to be a doctor, maybe you'll be a lawyer, you'll be an accountant um, or, or, you know, a coach. And like, those are all great careers. Uh, but that was like kind of it, right? It was like, okay, these are the five things. And like, <laughs> I was just like, but how do I be a comedian, like a performer, you know, like they didn't teach that. Right. And um, this was a realistic option. And so then I went to school and I was like, all right, what's the closest thing to that? Probably sports broadcasting, right? Like, I get to be behind a mic, you get to be behind a camera. You know, in my head, I'm like, yeah, David Letterman started off as a weatherman in Indianapolis. Maybe like if I get on there and I can make some people laugh and then like, who knows? And, you know, obviously that was a way for my parents to be like, okay, that's like, there's actual jobs of that. Out <laughs> make money and right? some money, barely any money, right? Um, so I was like, all right, I'll do that. Uh, but then once I got more into college, I was like, you know, I really like, this is fine and all, but I, I think my heart still lies with like, you know, trying to chase, you know, being on Saturday night live or something. And, uh, so then out of college, I still kind of continued, you know, doing the duality of like, I, I worked at the sports station, radio station in Indianapolis, just doing a whole bunch of grunt work and behind the scenes stuff and like getting some opportunities on the air, which was great. Uh, but then like when I wasn't doing that. I was 
making videos and sketches and, and, and doing impressions with Ben and myself. And um, so I just kept doing both of them. until I was like, hopefully something breaks. And then, uh, yeah, I started doing more and more of the impressions because I was like, hey, I've always done these when I was a kid and everything, right? And like growing up in high school, maybe that'll be a way to like carve out my name, right? You know, to, to break through this like proverbial, like everybody wants to be a sports broadcaster. How do you make your way through? And so I started putting those out there and uh, people started taking to them. And then once, you know, I, I started to gain a little bit of an audience through that, then I was like, okay, well, how do I keep the audience and how do I grow the audience? And so um, it's just all been about, you know, uh, continuing to please the audience that love the, like you said, the, the Nick Sabans, the, uh, the Andrew Lux, the, the, the Coach O's, the, all that stuff. It's about like pleasing them, but then continuing to, you know, grow my horizons and expand and experiment and do a bunch of different other stuff to bring in new audience. Yeah. How, how I'm, I'm so interested in that because I just went and saw Frank Caliendo the other day. Like uh, he was here in Pittsburgh and uh, you know, I think he's a genius too. Just like you for guys that do impressions. I'm like, this stuff is so hard to do. H how long does it take you to get a guy down? How long does it, how long do you have to watch Saban and, and Jimmy Fallon and Collinsworth <laughs> and these guys to get them down where you feel like, okay, I could actually do a video of these guys. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a common misconception for like people who will just like come up to me or, or, or people, you know, if I do like somebody else's radio show or whatever, and they'll be like, okay, no, can you do this? Can you do this? And it's like, it's all a different kind of a process. Like truly, like there's some guys who, and I think Frank would probably attest to this too, but like, and by the way, Frank has been nothing but great to me. I mean, he, he's taken me under his wing since 2019, and and, and he's just been awesome. Um, so love that guy and always have. But, you know, there's been guys that like 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 Andrew Luck and like Coach O and like Saban that like I heard their voice, and then I was like, hmm. And then I said something in their voice. Like It, it just – I could just make my voice make, be that way, right? Like yeah. it, it just came to me naturally. But then there's other ones that, yeah, like I have to work on a little bit, you know, and I got to test it out a little bit and I got to do kind of like trial runs and record myself and be like, ah, that's, yeah, I can hit this better. I could hit this more. Or I could drag this enunciation out or I could, yeah. you know, you know, like um, Howard Stern hits his teeth really hard. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. when he says entertainment, he doesn't say entertainment like I do. He says entertainment. Right? <laughs> it's like... Okay. You know, and, and so you like you pick up on those things, and so then those those are the ones that take a little bit more. Um, so it just varies, you know. Like, yeah. like I said, when growing, I mean, being in Indianapolis media, and I heard Andrew Luck so often, it was just like I heard him. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like you hear that, and then I was like, I could just do that. Um, but then there's others that I have to work on a little bit more, and kind of have to have that trial run, and then put them all together. Do, do they translate ever? I'm, I'm a big Dana Carvey fan. And I let know oh, he's, he's yeah. got such a great resurgence right now too with that amazing fly on a wall podcast. But he was he was he had somebody on the other day where he was talking about his George Bush Senior impersonation, and it started with him going, "Not gonna do it," and then by the end of it, it was "Not gonna, not gonna." And like, do you find yourself turning some of your impressions into cartoons? Because Absolutely. And that's, that's such a great point. Yeah. I mean, you guys have hit both like Frank Caliendo and Dana Carvey. Um, 
God, such big, even when I was in like middle school and high school, such big influences and I'm, I'm such fans of theirs. And, uh, but, but both of them say, and this is what I love is that both of them say that like, if you just do like the spot on buttoned up impression of somebody all the time, like eventually that gets boring. Like part of the fun of doing an impression of somebody and you're, especially when you're throwing them into like a situation or a sketch is making it to where it's so over the top and a caricature and a cartoon that it, it, it almost becomes ridiculous, you know? Um, so yes, a hundred percent. And, and, and I think just naturally, like, and I didn't, I didn't really realize it, but like, yeah, you mentioned that about him with, you know, one of his big ones forever was George Bush senior. And one of my big ones forever have been obviously, uh, coach O and luck. And, you know, when I started, it was I would try to put together the sentences, and now when I do coach up, yeah. But when it started out, I would actually be like, "Don't But now, so it's like the longer you have these characters, I I don't know if it's just like the fatigue, or you're just like you got them down so much that you just throw them out there and try to be ridiculous with them. But that's that's a great point that Frank and Dana. Have uh, I've heard him say many times. <laughs> we we were Chinch and I were talking, and we were we kind of going back on some of your uh, impressions, and you know you do Saban so well, and and we were thinking, could you do one 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 for us if, if this was the scenario? You're a big Cubs fan, and we were thinking about what if Nick Saban was in that weight room in in Cleveland at Game Seven at the uh, at the rain delay? What would Nick Saban? Could you do an impression of Nick Saban being in the weight room during the rain delay with the Cubs right before they went out uh, to win the World Series in 2016? Well, look, y'all haven't won a World Series in over 108 years. I don't take myself to be a part of a program like that. If I don't win it in two years, I'm considered a failure. Y'all haven't won in 108 years, so I don't even know why I'm here, quite frankly. I. You know what's crazy? As soon as Sean started asking you, your entire face changed. Like your entire your eyes changed and your face you drooped a little bit and you became the other guy. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, you do. You have to, especially for one like him. Like you have to. I've always said, even back when I first started doing him, like I always had to put myself in the mental state of. He is at like a, a Jiffy Lube and he's just there to get a regular oil change, right? Like 70 bucks, right? But then they come to him and they're like, um, Mr. Saban, sorry, we actually found this uh, ventilator thing that we need to fix. It's going to be an extra 250, right? Like it's not enough to be like super pissed off, but it's just enough to have you constantly annoyed. Like that that's the mental state I got to get into, so Saban, you know? Where it's like, oh, here we go. We got the car alarm going off next to me. This is That's great. Right. This is, oh. hey, this is how sausage is made here, folks. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's one spot a child, you know. But then it's like when you do Collinsworth, it's like you got to, I just had three beers and I'm feeling great, ready to be your best friend for three hours, right? Like you got to get yourself in that state of like maybe he smoked a little bit of a doobie, you know? Like you, you got to get into that state. So uh, it's these different mentalities that it's, and that's something too that like, you know, people, I think a lot of times they're just like, when they think impression, they think of just the voice. And, you know, it's so much more. It's the face. Yeah. It's the, it's the, 
hands. It's the it's the movements. It's the mindset. It's the getting into that character. Um, if you really want to make it as good as you can, that's so good. First off, that's incredible that you could just do that on a drop of a dime. And I love that too, like getting in character, like you're getting out of yourself and you're getting into character. We have one more, one more we were thinking of. You do such yep. a great Howard Stern too. And we know, we, we know that this would never happen. So we're going to see if you could do it. We want to, we want to, we want to see Howard Stern break down Shohei Otani of how good he is. Howard Stern, just give us a Shohei Otani breakdown. Oh, yeah, Shohei. I don't even know anything about this fucking guy. I mean, Shohei Otani. Am I even saying his fucking name right? <laughs> I mean, you look at this guy. I mean, he's, he's hitting bombs. He's pitching. I mean, he's doing everything. He's probably getting fucked all the time. I mean, he probably walks out of the dugout and just gets absolutely his dick just blown on by anybody because he's that fucking good. I mean... I'm the same height as him. I can't do shit. Look at Shohei Otani. And I say, I mean, I don't even think about baseball, but I say, this guy's fucking Babe Ruth. <laughs> Dude, incredible. Uh, that's back that to the incredible. point. You, you, you get the personality because he, he oh. prides himself on not knowing anything about sports, <laughs> which I think he's lying about. I think that's part of his act. I think he knows a lot more about sports than he than he I lets mean, on, but that's that's him right there. I would like to think, yeah, and like if he came in and Shohei Otani came in on the couch, he would just be he would he would be fascinated. <laughs> I think about like adapting to American life, right? But then two, he would just be like, you know, you're six foot four, you're put together like a shit brick house. I mean, you just have to be getting your ass kissed and fucked all the time, right? <laughs> So good. You want to know the difference between, you know, Japanese women and American women? All that oh, yeah. Here we go all into that. Here we go all oh in on God. that. Wow, that so, awesome. so good. So good. Now, let's let's switch a little bit here. You obviously are from Indianapolis. That's We know you're a big indie guy. Um, and you're obviously a Cubs fan, too. That makes a ton of sense. The Steeler fan doesn't make a ton of sense for me. It all comes together until, bam, you're a Steeler fan. Like, how did that come about? Well, I mean, Sean, I always say that, like, everybody likes to throw, you know, like, the players on every team, you know, if they're playing in freaking Milwaukee or whatever. You know, oh, Brewers Nation. Oh, you know, (laughs) Rangers Nation. I mean, come on. Like, there's, like, four real nations, okay? And Steelers is one of them and always has been. Like, there's a reason why they play in Seattle. They play in Miami. They play in New York. They play in San Diego. And all those stadiums are going to be filled with terrible towels because there's Steelers fans everywhere. But I will say that my reasoning is because uh, my father grew up here. And he was like 14 by the time that the Colts got here. And so his loyalties were already lying with the Steelers. You know, I mean, obviously the team in the 70s. Steel curtain. Steel curtain. Yeah. You know, he, my dad is a, a blonde-haired kid, and so Terry Bradshaw is, you know, just like his hero, right? And um, yeah, but so 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 he already his loyalties already lied there, and and I just I grew up and I didn't know anything else. I, I mean, I really I really didn't. I I, I grew up watching, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Green and and Greg Lloyd and Rod Woodson, and you know, when I was very little, yeah. um, and you know, Neil O'Donnell, unfortunately, and thirty uh, <laughs> and. You know, Cordell Stewart, which I love Slash, but, uh, you know, that 2001 AFC Championship game oh, still painful. sucks. 
painful. Um, yeah, so that's just all I grew up with, man. I mean, and 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 and, and so now it's a whole family thing. Um, you know, my sister, she's three years younger than me. She is probably a bigger Steelers fan than I am. Her husband married into it. And now he's a bigger Steelers fan than I am. Uh, and, and so my mom is in it. My dad, my, 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 um, brother-in-law, my sister, my, my wife, my wife loves to go to the games. She doesn't get the whole throwing shit and screaming at the TV. <laughs> she, she still hasn't figured that out quite, quite too well. Um, but yeah, I mean, my first Christmas present to my son was a Kenny Pickett jersey, you know, this past Christmas. So, like, it's a huge, huge deal in our family. Um, and it's just all we've ever known. Yeah, it is. It is. I live here in Pittsburgh and I grew up a, a Steeler fan, but you're right. I, I like it's like when I was playing with the Red Sox, you anywhere you go, we went to Japan. It was, I was like, Are the Red Sox in Japan? Like, everywhere we went, there was. Red yep. Sox Nation. I feel like that's what that that's what I feel like. What what you're saying is like no Steeler Nation, especially those '70s teams, it infiltrated the frick America, right? I'd say you got. Oh yeah, I, I mean, Red Sox, Yankees, uh, Steelers, Cowboys, Packers. Yeah, yeah. Th- those are like Lakers, probably. You know, but like those five that I just named, those are legitimate. Full-on nations, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on, Case. Give, give Joey your impersonation of the Yinzer lady offering you bread at the diner that time. Oh, <laughs> please! Dude, I need I to get first, a better Yinzer accent down. Dude, I don't yeah, got one. <laughs> <laughs> when I first moved here, you know, it was like I was probably not. I was a couple years into. It, I was probably like a twelve or thirteen years old, and you know, the Yinzers are like they're not. They're, they're they're not everywhere, but the Yunzers are the true Pittsburghers, right? And this one lady comes up. My sister and I are at breakfast with my parents, and she comes over. She's like, can I take you in orders? And I'm like, whoa, here we go, baby. And so oh, yeah. she went down, and I think I was like, yeah, I'll take an omelet and, uh, you know, a side of bacon. And then she's like, Yins want whole wheat, white, or sardine. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to understand what she said. She's like, I was like, excuse me? She's like, whole wheat, white, or sardine. And I was like, "Wow, man! They, they don't finish their words. Everything's an up talk. You know what I mean? It, it, it's a it's a different language here in Pittsburgh. You know, <laughs> absolutely, dude. And what's what's really cool is that uh, so we, me and my family, we try to make it out to one game in Pittsburgh every year, and then we try to go out there in the summer every year. So we'll we'll try to do two, you know, like three or four day trips, um, you know, twice a year out to Pittsburgh, just because we love it so much, and um, obviously we want to go see a game." And, and through that, and then through with my career, I've gotten to know, um, yeah, I've gotten to know some good buddies now who are just Pittsburgh guys through and through who, you know, grew up there, who still live there. And, um, and so now every time we go out there, I get to hang out with these guys and go out with them and drink beer and everything. And, uh, you, you, <laughs> you sound exactly like my buddy Johnny football, everything, you know, podcast, we'll go to smoking jugs, I mean, it's, it's the whole thing, dude. It's great. I, I love Pittsburgh. I love the people of Pittsburgh and their my, their mentality, their love for their teams. Just it's it's a home away from home, really. That's great, dude. It is true. When I first when we moved here, like when I was five, my dad's like, "This is a blue collar city. These are our kind of people." These and it is true. Like they really are that. Like you go to a Steeler game, and that's where the Yunzers are because they're like Steelers are the team. Let's get after it and. You know, let me know when you come to Pittsburgh too, bro. I'd love to join in on that. Uh, you know, sitting with your you and your you, you and your Yunzer buddies. You know. Yeah, dude. We go to we go. We're we're uh, usually we stay down there on the south side. Yeah. Um, 
And so we'll, you know, like I said, hit Smoking Joe's and yeah. RTs and yeah. um, Mario, you know, Mario. all those places. And uh, it's a Jack's. great time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, we love it down there and just venture in the city. We always make it out to the strip district because my mom loves to go shopping and all those <laughs> cool shops and, yeah. you know, see the, uh, the the OG Permani brothers and everything. So most definitely, <laughs> we're, we should get, um, usually it's about the time of the year where we start. Now the Steelers schedule's out. You know, we start to like look at the weekends and say, "Hey, when are we gonna you know make it out there?" So I definitely will, yeah. man. Yeah, Great. let me let me know, man. We'll, we'll even drag Chinch down from uh, New York. Down, he's out there in Long Island, Long Island. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him out Strong here. Strong, you know? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dude. What about what about you on the other side on at Wrigley? You know what I mean? Like you're you're talking about two. You have been fortunate because you love the Steelers, which is incredible, and the Cub fans too. It's like a big party at Wrigley. You know, for you being such a Cubs fan in that 2016 World Series like what was that like for you uh you know where were you when they won it and you know have do you do you head out to a lot of Cubs games true religious experience is the best way that I can <laughs> describe it you know because my my dad obviously I got everything that I have from my dad you know I get right. my looks my personality <laughs> my, mom will, my mom will say she'll she'll argue on all all fronts and, but 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 in terms of fandoms it's all from my dad um so he you know he grew up he you know he he was there in 84 he was 13 years old in 84 when when uh that debacle happened you know um then the pain in between all those years and then my first real heartbreak in sports was 2003 obviously uh five outs away oh, gone yeah. the double play ball then bartman happens and <laughs> you know i cried myself to sleep for three nights when i was 10 years old because i was so heartbroken um you know, and then the 2007, 2018, just all that. We lived through all that, right? And and so then uh, in 2016, um, yeah, I mean, I was just I, I was just out of college, so my parents were kind enough to let me still, you know, crash at their place while I was working and save up a little dough. <laughs> um, so it was it was just me. It was I mean, throughout the entire playoff run, but you know, especially for Game Six and Game Seven of the World Series, just me, my dad, my sister, and my mom. Uh, sitting there in the living room watching game six, game seven. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because <laughs> I remember all day leading up to game seven, I was just like, I was so stressed out. I was just like, <laughs> they're so gonna blow it, they're gonna so blow nervous. It. And like, oh my god, game seven at Cleveland, gotta face Kluber again. Like, this is, I, you know, just talking. My mom's like, Joey, it's just a game. Like, she was, she was in it, she's like, and, but she didn't mean it because she didn't understand what's going on. She was just trying to like, hey, right. like either way, I know that we want him to win, but like it's gonna be all right. Don't get yourself so worked up about it. And I was like, all right, you know. So then in, in the game, in game seven, all of a sudden we're up five to one. We're feeling good, right? I'm drinking Budweisers. We're having a great time. I'm still in the back of your head, you have that little bit of like, okay, you never know. And <laughs> then when they brought in, when Madden brought in Lester. And Lester spiked that ball, and, and Kipnis came around and, and cut the lead to five to three. My mom starts getting pissed, and I'm like, "Hey, now you said it's just a game. No matter what, it's just a game." And then when Rossi Davis hits the home run to tie it oh. in the bottom of the eighth, I'm kind of sitting there like, eh, "You know," and we kind of figured this would happen. And my mom's like, "Fuck these motherfuckers!" <laughs> like, she's pissed, and I'm like, "You're sitting here all day." Telling me that it's just a game and now you're slamming something <laughs> at these MFers? 
Uh, so it's so funny. <laughs> oh and, um, obviously, obviously it all went down and, and, and history happened. And uh, I did, man. I, I It was not, a, it was just a genuine reaction. I fell down on my knees, started crying. My mom came and hugged me. I'm getting worked up. I'm getting welled up now just thinking about it. You know, like it, it uh, I can't watch that last um, out, that last inning, uh, bottom half of that inning there without getting emotional because uh, it was just that big of a, that big of a deal. I have, I have a tattoo on me here, Sean. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's fandom oh, right there. I don't know if you can see it. There we go. Wow. Eight, seven. Wow. That's Eight, awesome. Seven, Ivy. That is beautiful. You got the I ivy on there too. The ivy. That's beautiful. You got the ivy as a nice little accent piece. Uh, so Sick. yeah, it's a huge deal. I don't make it up to Wrigley as often as I'd like since the, since the pandemic. Because uh, 2021, uh, I was just busy with a bunch of stuff. And then last year, my wife was pregnant. And now I got a nine-month-old. So I haven't been able to make it up there very much since 2019. Because I had my bachelor party there in 2019. And actually, full circle here, my bachelor. <laughs> so Saturday, Saturday, we're up on a rooftop, me and like 25 of my buddies and family members. And uh, then that night, Andrew Luck retires. Oh. That night, Andrew Luck retires from the NFL. Um, so anyways, yeah. But then actually, this uh, August, my 30th, this August, we're going up to Wrigley, about 18 or 20 of us. Uh, so we're going to. Get back up there and have a great time again. That's awesome. Oh, that's gonna be great, dude. I'm sure. Hey, listen, I'm. Were you on? Did you say you were on a rooftop? Yeah, on. Uh, you know how they have those rooftops. Yeah, you know, I've, yeah. Bro, I've oh even playing there. I played there so much because it was in the division. But you know, watching those guys up there, there's many times during the game, especially when I was like over four with two punch outs. I was like, <laughs> God, I wish I was on those rooftop with Joe and his buddies. I'd rather do anything than be out here right now getting punched out by Kerry Wood. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, dude, they were everything they everything they look like they are and would be, they are. Yeah. For the first 10 innings, it's just unlimited food and beer. <laughs> That's it's so awesome. Insane. It's awesome. You got <laughs> That's awesome. All right, man. We close we close out the mayor's office with a thing we call nine and ninety, where Chinch asked nine questions and it started off nine and ninety. It was nine supposed to be ninety seconds, but now it's more like a nine and two minutes. <laughs> So, Chinch is going to ask a question. Yeah. I'll answer first, and then you answer the same question next. Right. Love it. Let's do it. Good. All right, let's do it. All right, Chinch, yeah, go ahead. It's a lot of stress on me, man, because Joey's a master of the rapid fires, as I learned with him <laughs> on the 33rd team. But, all right. <laughs> first question, Sean. Ready? Would you rather be an NFL punter or an MLB specialty left-handed reliever? Oh, man. I think I'd uh, I'd rather be a, a punter because I got only have to do it 16 times a year. And it's way better than that lefty specialist every night facing these nasty lefties. Got it. Joey. I'm the opposite. I think special specialty lefty, I, just because I think you get to be the weirdest dude on the team. <laughs> and you, you, you can wear weird pants, and you can wear your hat weird, and you can, like, pick your nose on the mound, and everybody's like, ah, oh, there's that classic southpaw out of the pit. <laughs> I love it. I want to be a lefty. Great. Ah, All right. This one I'm bringing back. I asked this to Adam Dunn, but it's my favorite question I've ever asked in this. Sean, would you rather vomit on your hero or have your hero vomit on you? Oh, my God. Um, well, probably have my hero vomit on me because I just feel like he's like, you know, he's grinding and he could still be my hero if he vomits on me. If I vomit on him, I'm just never going backstage again or, you know, it's not going to work out good. So I just let him vomit on me one time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the same here. Yeah, two of my heroes are Adam Sandler and Adam Driver, and I would just – 
I would let that shower upon me. That'd be, like, awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, I, I, I would frame the shirt. Let's do it. That's great, dude. I swear, I swear, this is my next question. Better Adam Sandler SNL Weekend Update character. Nice. Op- Opera Man or Cajun Man? Oh, I, I love I loved Opera Man. That was why he was one of my favorite guys. So I'm gonna have to say Opera Man. Opera Man's a classic, but Cajun Man uh, ha- that's one of the origins and the births of Waterboy. Great points. Uh, how, Never how thought that about that. Waterboy uh, storyline came about, and that's one of my favorites. So I'm going Cajun Man. Mm, I like mm. it. See, we learned something new, Ginch, too. That's great. Oh man, Waterboy's one of my favorites. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you, Sean, or have you ever worn a speedo? Smuggling. <laughs> oh, dude, are you kidding me? I was on the seventh, seven-year-old swim team back when I got here in Pittsburgh, YMCA. Just locked in speedo. You know, it was kind of grinding with the body at the time. It was crushing pizza and wings. Next thing I know, bam, <laughs> dominating. Yeah, speedo. I've wore a speedo. Seven, eight, nine years old. Okay. One of the be- better swimmers in the Pittsburgh area. <laughs> I, I feel like that's something you do as like a slump buster too. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, oh four with uh, the golden sombrero, the golden like thong, yeah. Shepherd's yeah, speedo on the uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hell yeah, I'd wear a speedo. Who's not wearing a speedo? Smuggling <laughs> smuggling well, grapes, smuggling grapes. That's what they call dude. The it. Euro- Europeans, if you see, go to like a oh, beach anywhere, it. you know, you got these guys with the speedos on. You got the guys from London. You're like, oh, he's just no big deal over there. Okay, For sure. More painful, jacking up your funny bone or stepping on a Lego? I'll tell you what, man. I, I want I, The funny bone, when I think of, I got hit with a 95-mile-per-hour mile hour pitch by Gavin Floyd in my funny bone, and it was one of the worst pains of my life. So I'm going to say the funny bone with a 95-mile-an-hour heater. <laughs> that works. Okay. Since I can't, you know, uh, I, I haven't experienced that. You know, I can't relate to the 95-mile-an-hour heater. <laughs> I'm going to go with something that regularly. Oh. You froze there. Not bad, dude. Um, it's all good. My, uh, my, <laughs> I was like resting my phone kind of on the <laughs> dash here, yeah. and it was just right in the sun. So my, my phone. Oh, it fried. Oh, it fried. The, the yeah. Like, you got to cool down before you can use it. So I literally just couldn't even get to it. <laughs> um, the, but to finish my point, I have a nine month old, so there's always blocks and toys and shit everywhere so i step on stuff all the time so i'm going that all right good all right here's the i'm gonna make this the last one and sean this is this is just for joey okay guess if you can joey pick any one of your impersonations and have that guy describe sean casey as a baseball player oh man i'm putting you on a spot here i'm sorry he may never see me as a baseball player oh no i remember (laughs) the big old Big old twenty-one lefty. That's like, there you go. I was young. Mm-mm. Here we go. I'm just gonna. You know what? Yeah. I'll do a little. And Sean Gacy. Here's a guy that you look at. He's got the big number twenty-one with the lefty power bat. He may go over four and strike out four times, but the next day he's coming back ready to park one five hundred feet over the right field wall. There is no question about it. You look at him and say, that's the kind of guy I want playing first base or maybe the outfield and uh, getting that big bat with that big old funny bone and big old lass out there swinging hard. There is no question about it. 
Oh, dude, perfect. Oh, man. So the best in the business, man. The best in the business. Incredible, man. Incredible. Joey, where, this has been great, dude. Thank you for your time. Tell your wife thank you, too, because I know you're in the parking lot waiting for her. But where can our fans find you, man? Where can our listeners find you and, uh, you know, let us know? This is uh, it worked out perfectly. I just got a text from her, so she's in line to check out. So you guys, Perfect. Your, your, your timing is impeccable. You saved me from scrolling on my phone for 40 minutes uh, or being in Once Upon a Child, so I do appreciate it. Um, no, so, yeah, social media. Uh, you can find uh, me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, um, just my name, Joey Molinero. Um, I'm also starting to do more live dates and shows and tours like that, so – you follow me there and then you want to come see me live at different places. Obviously I'll have the announcements on those social pages, but then obviously, you know, I put up work and, and videos and, and sketches on there too. So we'd love to have you. And um, yeah. yeah, it's been, a, it's been, it's been great being here. Like I said, Sean, I, uh, I grew up watching you mostly on the, oppo- always on the, oppo- yeah, right. <laughs> um, and uh, so I remember that well, and uh, Chinch, obviously you're the man. So it's been too, great. Brother, to be here. Thank you so much. We appreciate brother, it so much. Brother, thank you so much, man. And uh, looking forward to Chinch and I looking forward to maybe catching a show at some point and uh, yes. being right there 100%. front row. 100%. Would love that. Absolutely. Pittsburgh's on the, it's on the wish list. For oh, sure. is it? Cool. Let's Absolutely. do it, man. Yeah. We will be there. We'll travel too. We travel well too. So <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. thank you, brother. And good luck with the it. little one. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, boys. I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Bless. Okay, man. Thank you. Dude, he is so great. Is he not the dude, greatest? What a great dude, man. I told you what you were going to have fun on this today. And by the way, fans, if you have not followed him, trust me, you will laugh every day. Every day, you will go on his thing. He yeah. did something the other day about uh, a dude, uh, what it's like when you see somebody you kind of you know who comes up and tries to talk to you. And it's just like, oh, hey, how you doing? He, like, he doesn't just do like celebrity impersonations. He's just... He's just naturally one of the funniest guys on, on a planet, yeah. and it was very cool to have him here. He's a great, great person, too. Great person. So good, dude. Just the fact that we could do those impersonations like that off the cuff. Dude, hysterical. True talent, dude. But just a great comedian, impressionist, all the things he's doing, man. Yep. He, uh, I want to be Joey Molinaro right now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, <laughs> he's got a lot of awesomeness going on, yeah. man. It's, a, it's incredible. And that yep. was uh, – that's fun for us, man. That's fun. I hope everybody enjoyed that. And go follow this guy and find him. Wherever he comes out on his shows, go find him because it's gonna because Chin, you might find Chinch and I too sitting there. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> All right, man. Love you, brother. Love you. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for everybody for listening, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow too.